Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, tribalism in our politics and on social issues has been known to end friendships and tear families apart. So it's no wonder it can create toxic workplaces as well. But how can you avoid it when everything today seems to be about where you stand politically? We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, Northwest Ohio just experienced its driest May since the Dust Bowl nearly a century ago. What impact does that have on the region's farmers who just got their crops in the ground? And the Findlay YMCA is asking you to grill for good this summer season to support their Open Doors Scholarship Program for those in financial need. We'll get details. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. Kind of hazy today. Uh, it is wildfire smoke in Canada and northern Michigan, apparently, uh, making it kind of a hazy day. It almost, it almost looks like as I'm as I'm looking out the the window, and I know that it's it's haze, it's not like mist or anything like that, but it almost looks like it could rain. There have been a couple of days over the past week or so where you look out the window and think, "Ooh, it looks like it could rain," but no, it's not going to do that. Don't don't be crazy. It's not going to rain. Uh, do that. Um. So here is the deal. Um, <laughs> something to add to your pile of uh, reasons to hate Mondays. A new study shows that heart attacks are more common on Mondays than any other day of the week. This is research out of the Belfast Health and Social Care Trust and the Royal College of Surgeons. They took a look at data from over 10,000 patients from 2013 to 2018, and they noted that the most serious kinds of heart attacks most commonly occurred on Mondays. And this falls in line, they say, with other studies looking into the so-called Blue Monday phenomenon. Researchers really don't know why it is, but they believe that the difference in our sleep schedules from the weekend transitioning back into the work week could be one significant heart stressor. One of the reasons why you see more heart attacks on Mondays. And the reason I bring that up uh, on a Tuesday morning is I saw that story on the uh, Newswire and I thought, hey, so if I've made it to Tuesday, in other words, then <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I've survived the uh, most important uh, day of the week. So uh, <laughs> I think we're uh, doing okay. We've survived Monday. We're we're doing fine. This is uh, data is now in. Uh, this we already knew because it's been in the uh, in the news. We have the numbers now. Between 2021 and 2022, the International Air Transport Association says they saw an almost 50 percent increase in the number of instances involving unhinged passengers. The data comes out as domestic air travel is back in full swing after dipping drastically during the height of the pandemic. With summer fast approaching, people are bracing for outbursts from unruly passengers once again this year that can uh, take the form of verbally abusive, overly intoxicated, physically abusive, or non-compliant air passengers. Uh, The uh, story goes on to say, while physical abuse remains very rare, the data revealed that the, the number of physical attacks on uh, airline 
personnel last year increased by 60% in comparison to 2021. And again, this is not new news. We knew that because the stories have been in the news about the rise in unruly passenger behavior, but we have uh, numbers attached to it here. 50% rise, 60% rise in the number. A 50% rise in instances involving unruly passengers, 60% increase in the number of physical attacks last year over the uh, year before. Behave yourself when you go to the airport. That's the long, that's the long and short of it here. Uh, speaking of uh, travel, um, did you happen to see this? I, there have been a couple of news stories uh, on this uh, that I have seen. And I don't know if you uh, follow this, if you uh, travel to Las Vegas. Apparently, the uh, casinos are making it harder to win. Now, I think any anyone who's ever traveled to Vegas knows that the odds are never in your favor in Las Vegas. I know we, we go, we gamble anyway on the hopes that we might strike it big, but the odds are that the house is going to win. The house always has the upper hand. And now they're making it even harder to win. The Wall Street Journal has a, a new story reporting that blackjack payouts have gone down. Uh, roulette wheels aren't as sure a bet as before, and uh, gaming overall costs more now. It turns out there is a reason for these changes. Uh, the big gaming companies that run the Vegas casinos are hoping that Sin City can become more of a high-end vacation destination. Tom Rieg, the chief executive of Caesars Entertainment, is quoted in the journal piece, uh, as saying you are bringing in higher value customers. That's how they that's how they term it. Higher value customers. In other words, people with more money to gamble. And he says, you know, we're already full. So if you want to bring in more quote unquote higher value customers, you gotta kick out the lowest end. He goes on to say, I see no reason that needs to stop or would stop. Uh, Fortune magazine, also reporting on this, says Gambling traffic on the uh, uh, Las Vegas Strip went up and more people are losing money so casino owners can filter out people with less money if the odds of winning and the size of the payouts go down. And so that's what they're uh, they're doing. Essentially, they're squeezing out the riffraff like you and me. They, uh, people who, uh, who don't gamble as much, they don't want you there. That's basically what they're saying. I don't know. That's... And that's all well and good now, while uh, while things are you know while times are good, but uh, will that come back and bite them ultimately in the end? I don't know. Uh, let's see. A couple of other items here among the first things you need to know: the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This is something I don't know that you necessarily need to know this, but it's interesting nonetheless. Another insurance company is dropping their property insurance in California. Uh, Allstate now says it is too expensive to insure homes in California. The uh, company blames wildfires, higher costs to repair homes, and higher reinsurance premiums. Uh, State Farm made a similar announcement last month. So that's now two big insurance companies that are pulling out from uh, California. Uh, According to Cal Fire, more than 7,000 wildfires burned in California 
last year damaging or destroying more than 800 structures. Last year, the California Insurance Commissioner submitted new regulations requiring insurance companies to provide discounts to customers and other protections, including larger payouts and less red tape. (laughs) And you didn't think that there was going to be some pushback or some fallout uh, from this? Requiring discounts on premiums and requiring larger payouts. That doesn't sound like a formula for success for the insurance companies, and they are saying no. (laughs) We're just not insuring in your state. Insurers say the new rules make it more challenging to quickly adjust prices during uh, times of high inflation, like, you know, right now. So it's going to be hired. One more reason why uh, moving to California, as beautiful a state as it is, uh, people just can't afford to do that. It's no wonder that uh, California is losing uh, population. The upside and the upshot to all of this for us um, is that, you know, those risky California policies not being underwritten by those of us in the rest of the country. So I guess this does kind of impact us, if you think about it, other people in, in other states, but uh, kind of interesting there for California, that story, uh, certainly, uh, buzzworthy story and uh lastly among the first things you need to know this morning i happened to see this on the uh, newswire and i thought how interesting this is a new poll is out ranking the reputations of the top 100 most visible brands in this nation and the most loved company in the u.s according to this latest listing Patagonia, the clothing company, Patagonia, takes the uh, top spot in a new Axios-Harris poll of the 100 top 100 most visible brands in America. And it ranks their reputations, Patagonia, right up there at the top. Uh, Costco, John Deere, Trader Joe's, and Chick-fil-A round out the top five most beloved brands in the United States. Take that for uh, for what it's worth. But uh, those are the uh, most loved brands in America. There you go. Uh, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly sunny skies expected today. High around 80. Just a few clouds tonight. A low in the mid-50s. The federal government is handing out more than $570 million in grants to help eliminate railroad crossings in more than 30 states, including Ohio. The grants announced today will help eliminate more than three dozen crossings that delay traffic and sometimes keep first responders from where help is desperately needed. More than $7 million will be spent on a new bridge over railroad tracks in Fostoria in northwest Ohio, where dozens of trains each day block movement through the city. Roughly 2,000 collisions are reported at railroad crossings nationwide every year, and last year 250 people were killed. Angela Ann, ONN News. The Finley Police Department will be participating in the Finley leg of the 2023 Ohio Special Olympics Torch Run coming up on Friday, June 16th. 
The police department points out that the torch run will impact traffic on portions of Main Street and East Sandusky from 3 to 4 p.m. The run will start at the University of Finley Arch on North Main Street at 3 and head south on North Main to South Main and then Sandusky Street. From there, the runners will turn east onto East Sandusky and make their way to Blanchard Valley Center, where the Finley leg of the torch run will conclude. The Finley Police Department says it's proud to support the athletes in the Ohio Special Olympics. Get more on the website. After 20 years at the helm, the Ohio State Fair's longest-serving general manager, Virgil Strickler, is retiring. Strickler says whoever replaces him will need to manage a lot at once. It's so tough to put this whole fair on and know where every concession goes and all that. Then you focus on the horse show and the livestock shows and make sure everything's ready for them. Strickler helped create the Ohio State Fair's Youth Reserve Program back in 1995. It has awarded a total of more than $4.6 million in scholarships. I'm Tracy Townsend. Following successful trips to Cleveland, Detroit, Akron, and other locations, the Hancock Historical Museum will be hosting a guided bus trip to Canton to explore local history and culture. The trip next week includes charter bus transportation and guided tours of several destinations. Get more details on the historic Taste of Canton tour put on by the Hancock Historical Museum with this story on our website. Matt Demchek, 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, disagreements over political and social issues have been known to ruin friendships and tear families apart. And the more tribalistic our society becomes, the more it can create a toxic workplace as well. In fact, one in five employees in a recent survey say their co-workers treat them poorly because of their political views. And another 20% say that they would consider leaving a job where co-workers don't share their viewpoint or uh, political stance and uh, social issues and such. Michael Lynn joins us this morning. He is a business coach and leadership expert. This cannot come as a great shock to employers, I wouldn't think, but I wonder how many employers actually recognize the depth and the pervasiveness of this potential problem in the workplace. Not enough, but the good news is more and more of them are realizing this is a bad idea. It certainly doesn't help that it seems like everything these days kind of gets sucked into this black hole of politics that we have created. Uh, Just about any comment you might make can either be twisted into a political statement or can elicit some sort of political commentary as a response. So how do you deal with that in the workplace? Well, nobody should be doing it. Individual contributors, line managers, the corporation in itself, all the way up to institutional investors. We all need to understand it's counterproductive and it's going to backfire on you. Okay, Allow me to give you a simple analogy. Okay, Let's say after work, you go to... Uh, the political party of your choice to attend one of their events, mm-hmm. okay? And then you have to pick on anyone who come here who's driving a minivan because you drive pickup trucks. You think anybody who should be driving a pickup truck, anyone who drive a minivan is a major league bad person. Yeah. Okay? How does that make other people feel? Even people who, 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 who drive a minivan will find you like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Right? Yeah. He doesn't earn you any friends or political allies. And then at work, okay, if you do this at work, it's because 
not only not only do you lack emotional intelligence, you also lack emotional maturity. Okay, the mature thing to do for everybody and anybody, all the way from individual contributors to managers to the corporation to uh, shareholders, is when you sense someone who might be on the other side of the of, of the of the political game. Okay, don't bring that up. It's just like there are things you don't want to bring up during the Thanksgiving turkey dinner. Right. When you don't bring them up, and the other party says you might be on the other side, but you don't bring them up, they appreciate. They appreciate your effort. And then they might be thinking, I thought people of the other party are all bad people. Mm-hmm. This guy is cool. Maybe not all of them are bad people. That would be the ideal uh, outcome. But at the same right. time, uh, like you were mentioning, uh, you know, the topics that you don't talk around, uh, talk about around the uh, Thanksgiving table. We all know examples of people who will, despite your best efforts, bring something up or try to twist something you say. And I mean, again, everything these days can be construed as some sort of political right down to talking about the weather can be a trigger for some for some people to make some big commentary on climate change so how do then we deflect that when it does come up because chances are good it'll probably come up by someone don't continue with the topic whatever they say you just go on to talk about whatever you're going to talk about mm-hmm. for work. Yeah. And as a manager, this is really the next level of your managerial skill, especially for today. You really, really shouldn't be doing it because you can easily take off 50% of the people on your team. And as a corporation, you really don't want your employees to come to work, but don't do any work and sit around and talk about this and start a civil war within your company and nobody's doing any work. Yeah. And then as a a shareholder, institutional investor, you really, really should not be bringing this into business. And, And then, oh, another example we forgot is you talk about this with the outside customers. Imagine you work the front desk of a five-star hotel, people come and checking in, and you have to run your mouth and talk about politics. Right. Not a good idea. You know, sometimes it's it goes beyond just the spoken word and some of the symbolism uh, that is allowed in a person's workspace. I mean, this is Pride Month, for example, and there's the challenge of where do you draw the line? How much do you allow uh, among your employees and how much do you uh, disallow and can that be seen uh, as making a statement either for or against a particular cause that someone may be passionate about? I am not a constitutional lawyer, nor do I play <laughs> one on TV, but every jurisdiction has their own laws and every company has their own HR rules and regulation. Okay, um, you got to follow those. Okay, uh, and then uh, if there's an issue that comes up as a manager, you can pass it on to HR. This is a sensitive thing that as a manager, you have HR to back you up. Mm-hmm. Okay? You have HR making up rules and regulations. And um, but as a manager yourself, uh, you you should not engage in one way or the other. 
And the whole idea is we support everybody. We're here to provide a product or service to our customers. And uh, we're here for human flourishing, for everybody to flourish. As an employer, you're here to provide a chance for everybody to, to earn and to learn so everybody will flourish. We don't... Oh, one way or the other, it's, yeah. it's for everybody. You know, it it used to be that a business owner might be able to say, you know, this is what I believe. These are the values my company wants to represent. If you don't agree with them, then we don't want you here. Is that valid anymore? I know some business owners, uh, they, they, they play in this game okay, for marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as an individual contributor, as a line manager, it's it's more likely to backfire on you. Yeah. So again, given how pervasive our politics are these days, uh, this is something that every manager has to be cognizant of and and constantly aware of because it's something that can kind of creep in even when you're not expecting it. I would imagine. Correct. Correct. So you gotta be you gotta be aware of it. You gotta watch it, and then you gotta set example of not engaging in it. Take I, take people in your industry for example. It's well known that the the best podcasters from decades in the past, like Johnny Carson or those people, were on on TV for decades. And America could not figure out where they stood politically. Yeah. <laughs> they made fun. Those comedians, they were equal opportunity fun makers of, of anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. And you never figured out where they stood politically. And again, how many of us kind of lament those days uh, that seem to be long gone now? So point well taken. Again, uh, Michael Lynn is a business coach and leadership expert talking about navigating all of these political and social issues that are so pervasive in society as it relates to the workplace. Really interesting stuff and a lot there for folks to think about. Michael, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I saw a report the other day. This was uh, the uh, Climate Prediction Center uh, said that Northwest Ohio is in the stage where they're where we are abnormally dry. It is just one step above moderate drought. They start using the D word. And uh, furthermore, they said that uh, we just experienced uh, the driest May since the Dust Bowl. Uh, nearly a century ago. And you think about that. I mean, for all of the, um, for the the old saying, we're all familiar with the saying about April showers, but May uh, is historically, nationally, the wettest month. And we just had the driest May uh, in nearly a century. So what impact does that have on the region's farmers uh, who just got their crops uh, in the ground? Ed Lentz is here, the uh, Hancock County OSU Extension and uh, we were talking just before we went on on the air the the data in terms of the driest May. Uh, apparently, that's like a, a nationally uh, or at least regionally, because here in Northwest Ohio, the benchmark is not the 
Dust Bowl, the 1930s, it's a much more recent. That's going to be 1988. Uh, Any old-timer is going to remember 1988, the year that the the crop never went. Yeah, that was bad. (laughs) It was bad. That was bad. Uh, So where are we now with respect to that? I mean, we panic time yet here? Well, we're not panic. It's concern. And I think how you preface it in the beginning was really good uh, that it – we're not at a drought. We're not at the D word, but mm. we're we're close. Yeah, and I think uh, it really comes in play what happens from here on out. Uh, when we do get rain, uh, what our temperatures? Last week's temperatures were not good in a dry condition, right? Uh, where you're pushing ninety almost every yeah. day. Uh, this week, uh, this is really ideal growing conditions. This week for for crops, this is. But you you still need some rain. We still, still need, need rain. Yeah, and so we got a game going on. I shouldn't say game. I maybe it's too frivolous, but uh, yeah. Uh, the roots are going to go where the moisture is. So there's where the, the challenge is. Can those roots keep going deeper and deeper in time to get enough water yeah. to keep going above? I thought it was interesting. And I, I think this is something that we have actually talked about in the past when we get uh, too wet of a start to the season. Uh, it's it's marginally better to be dry than wet, right? Well, no question, because that root system gets established. It gets where the water is. When you get a, the worst case scenario is really wet. Your roots aren't very deep, and then it turns really hot and dry in June. Now, exactly, and then I, and I got a point. Yeah, now I got a plant that really needs to go quickly, and I don't have a root system to support it, and I don't have moisture. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why we're not seeing what I call a lot of stress from the plants at this time because they're still able to to keep a little bit ahead to get where the water is deeper. And one thing we got going for us too is that we have pretty good subsoil moisture. I mean, if you look at the average, we are right on average thirteen inches for the year since January one. Uh, it's so so we're not even abnormal as far as total moisture. So that that you're talking about uh, the total amount of moisture yes. since the beginning of the year. Yeah, we're, okay. we're we're right on normal with that. Um, that's Interesting. Why, that's why numbers are always kind of fun to Despite play with. Despite the fact that it has been so, but it's but it's always timing, right? I mean, you know, The moisture in January does not necessarily guarantee translate uh, to planting season. But we're about you know we normally get around uh, three and a half inches of rain in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year we've only got one and a half inch. Wow. So we're about half of what we normally get in May. Yeah. And the biggest factor is we really haven't had a significant rain since May 20th. Yeah. It's been it's been a while. Yeah, quite a quite a while, and it looks like it's going to be at least through this. I week. mean, when yards turn brown in May, well, get, yeah. yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, I was thinking, as a matter of fact, I said to my wife yesterday, I was like, man, the ground, uh, the yes. grass is crunchy already, and we're not even to. Is there is there some concern that? Um, and I was kind of joking about this uh, the other day. I mean, if it's if summer's not even technically here yet, if it's this hot, this dry now, what is what is it going to be like when we do get into the dog days? Or is that historically not a well, like last year? I think June was much warmer than August last yeah. year. You know, yeah. We had a hot June last year, and it's mm-hmm. just we're kind of where the La Nina and El Ninos uh, things come in the oceans, how it affects us all here, and, and, yeah. and we're in a transition right now between those type of two systems. And that's where we're kind of caught here. Oh, we are not as dry as they are in western Iowa, western Missouri. The southern plains are pretty well just burn up. They're they're going to abandon their wheat crop in a lot of areas because of that. So that's the other uh, that's the other thing. Um, at, at what point? I mean, are the are the seeds germinating? I mean, the, the stuff that that has been gotten into the ground is it is it germinating? Is it just a, a, a do we wait for it to uh, to germinate or 
Do we get into a replant scenario? Well, that's where our challenge or? is right now. For this year, those who planted in April, it's a gamble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to come out ahead because they did that, because they do have a, a root system in that there. Okay. The, the crops that are up are in much better shape. Uh, the problem again now for people planted soybean here in the last uh, 10 days, it's not doing anything. It's just sitting there. Yeah. And, and then, of course, the but same. is that a problem? I mean, is that a problem in the sense that it would mean that you would have to go back and replant or you just you wait just, it out? You're going to wait it out. It's just, wait it out. it's just basically you plant it later. Okay. Uh, that's a challenge for people in corn that may have replant in places that didn't come up well in that April mm-hmm. because the same thing is just going to sit there until we get rain. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we run into problems of uh, insurance dates and other things when it can get their crop insurance or how they catalog it. So, so a lot of ifs here that a farmer is playing around with trying to anticipate what to do for the rest of the year. And you won't really know how this all plays out until later in the year. Oh, that is no yeah. question about that. So yeah. it, it, all I said, farmers don't need to go to Vegas. They're playing risk games every day. So <laughs> no, no question, but that's every year. Yes. Um, yes. It's something you, you mentioned uh, looking at the different types of, uh, of crops. And obviously here in this time of the year, you've got, uh, Corn and soybeans are pretty much, you know, the the ones that most yes, most of our acres, grows. yes. Yeah. Um, but the the corn growers are going to be in better shape than the soybean growers. Oh, not necessarily, because corn, because okay. corn, you know, the way we grow it, we, so once it tassels, it doesn't do anything more. You got what you got. Soybeans mm-hmm. can readapt, uh, readjust, okay, uh, and put on new growth and all that. So if the soybean stand is there. Uh, it can pretty well take a lot of rough conditions in May and June and still have a bumper crop. Corn, if it hits a really bad stress earlier at tasseling, uh, you're going to have significant that's, yield loss. Oh, that's that's interesting because uh, because I've I've heard that corn is technically a uh, a warm weather crop. I mean, it's a uh, um, subtropical, semi tropical, yep. yeah, uh, uh, crop. So. Again, just and I'm not an, an ag expert. That's why we ask you here to explain this to those of us who don't know or are not intimately familiar with this. But I would I would think that if corn uh, being that type of uh, crop would be able to withstand this more. What's well, going to so do better in the, in the heat? But you still got to have moisture, and also in corn, there's critical times that you got to have good stuff. When the number of rows are determined in that ear, how many kernels are in that ear. So that air. window is closer. Yeah, so, so it's almost like a computer model where you're going to write down mm-hmm. that at this stage, this happens, and if it's a really drought at that time, mm-hmm. then you're going to feel the effects. Of, and a week later, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, interesting. So a tighter window. Yes, uh, yes. For the, so, uh, again, as we were mentioning, the next mention of rain in the forecast is uh, for this weekend. Let's say that that doesn't happen or we don't get... Uh, anywhere near the amount of rain that we need when does it become panic time well i think it's concern time already panic time is it it depends what the temperatures are like i said Mm -hmm. depends whether those roots can get deeper yeah uh the corn's going to be shorter everything's going to be shorter because uh that plant's going to adapt it's still going to grow but it's not going to have the height as it's trying to adapt to that yeah Uh, i do want to say though we still have a wheat crop out there that's not looking too bad for those who have wheat because mm-hmm. uh, wheat, wheat takes dry weather much better. It doesn't like hot temperatures, uh, but it will take dryness better than, than the corn and soybean. Wow. A lot of things going on uh, here. And by the way, uh, should also be mentioned, as you said, that there, were, uh, there are parts of the Midwest that are much worse off than we are. 
and someone other someone else's misery is sometimes uh, beneficial for. Uh, well, if we get a crop and say a lot of other areas lose a crop and we get one, the corn price and soybean price will go up. Yeah, we can take advantage of that. Yeah. so it will affect so, price. Yeah. A lot of uh, factors, uh, but again, very dry, not what uh, growers want right now. Need to get some rain, bottom line. That would would be really good. (laughs) And uh, Ed Lentz with us from the Hancock County OSU Extension on how how all of this affects the region farmers who uh, just got their crops in the ground. Ed, thanks very much for uh, dropping by and sharing your insight. We appreciate it. My pleasure. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. So the crazy things you see on uh, when you're uh, driving down the road uh, these days, just uh, all kinds of uh, wild things uh, that you can see. In uh, Corona, California, uh, outside of uh, L.A., uh, video from other people on the highway caught uh, a man uh, driving down the freeway, sticking his entire body out the driver's side window of his car as he's... Flying down the freeway. Um, the man appeared to have no uh, nefarious intent other than just to pull off an incredible stunt. Uh, very risky on the uh, 91 freeway, Highway 91, a busy part of that uh, corridor uh, outside of Los Angeles. Uh, the video, it says, was uh, shot by another uh, at a passenger in a nearby car and has startled people considering the dangerous, dangerous nature of uh, of the stunt, nothing uh, doesn't say no accidents caused or anything like that. Can you imagine and driving down the uh, highway and uh, somebody in front of you just uh, decides to climb out the window of the car? It's weird. Um, speaking of crazy things you see on the highway, uh, this from uh, Saginaw County, Michigan, where a, a daredevil embarked on a thrilling escapade down Interstate 75 uh, that left. Uh, people in awe, including the police, uh, were stunned at this. Video footage uh, released by the Michigan State Police captures a heart-pounding pursuit uh, involving a silver 2017 Buick Encore with its hazard lights on, uh, swerving, weaving across uh, the southbound lanes of I-75. Finally, the uh, SUV, which turned out to be stolen, uh, was uh, brought to a halt near a guardrail, and the uh, the driver gets out. It's a 10-year-old boy, 10-year-old, uh, behind the wheel. Um, the hot pursuit started when the uh, stolen SUV caught the attention of motorists who promptly dialed 911 to report the reckless driving uh, of uh, this individual. Michigan State Police, along with other law enforcement agencies, swiftly mobilized to apprehend the pint-sized speed demon, um, the uh, thanks to the wonders of uh, OnStar technology, the vehicle was remotely disabled, resulting in a gentle collision with the guardrail. But I guess kudos to the uh, to the kid for being able to get out of traffic as the uh, uh, out of the way of uh, of traffic as the uh, uh, vehicle slowed to a stalt. The SUV sustained only minor damage. Uh, undeterred, the uh, courageous speedster made a daring dash into some nearby woods trying to escape troopers, but uh, they were able to apprehend him in no time. It is not clear exactly why the child took the vehicle, but reports suggest that the uh, 
that the kid simply wanted to reunite with his mother in Detroit. <laughs> Going for a joyride down the highway. Crazy story. Ten years old. Ten years old. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, the odd and unusual side of the headlines. A Tennessee woman has been placed under arrest for trying to hire a hitman uh, online. <laughs> she, goes, she apparently went to the uh, to a website called the Online Killers Market. <laughs> How do you find that? Do you just do you Google Online Killers Market? <laughs> Where do I hire a hitman? Well, here's a website for you. Melody Sasser allegedly paid $10,000 in Bitcoin uh, to a would-be hitman. Um, Apparently, the whole saga began when uh, Ms. Sasser's hiking buddy revealed that he was planning to marry someone else, not her, and move out of state. Well, that didn't sit well. She didn't want to lose her hiking buddy. So she did what any reasonable person would do. She hired a hitman to kill the other woman. (laughs) Uh, That seemed like a reasonable solution to the problem. Things did not go as planned. Despite providing uh, detailed information about her target, which she obtained from a fitness tracking app, um, and included uh, where the woman lived, what she, where she worked, what kind of car she drove. Uh, Ms. Sasser's hired hitman failed to deliver, so she took matters into her own hands and uh, reached out to the administrator of the website to complain about the delay. (laughs) She wrote, I have waited two months and 11 days, and this job is still not completed. When will it be done? What is the delay? (laughs) She was an unhappy, unhappy camper. Uh, She was being a Karen to (laughs) to her hitman. Ultimately, Ms. Sasser's murder-for-hire scheme unraveled, and she found herself in handcuffs. She is due to appear in federal court later this week. (laughs) She was fine until she started complaining to the manager. (laughs) Okay. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news... This is crazy. From the uh, international file, a mountain climber is giving a professional uh, tour guide who saved his life the cold shoulder. Um, Video shows this uh, climber from Malaysia falling ill and crumbling crumbling to the ground as he was trying to uh, climb Mount Everest not long ago at over 29,000 feet. Uh, This climber could have died, but uh, the Sherpa springs into action, slugging the man over his shoulder to get him immediate medical attention. Uh, Now, this was not a guy who had paid this guide uh, to lead him to the top of Mount Everest, so it wasn't a customer, but uh, the Sherpa says he couldn't stand by and watch this man potentially perish. And as a reward, the mountaineer... Uh, basically, I guess, uh, shoved off the Good Samaritan and has now blocked the man from his Instagram. He wants nothing to do with the guy who saved his life. The uh, Sherpa said it uh, brings to mind the saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Kind of takes that to new heights, then. That's weird. The guy saves your life. The least you can do 
is not block him on Instagram, I guess. Uh, and a couple of other items uh, in the uh, broken news this morning. This, the dumb criminal of the day, comes from the city of Miami, where a man threw a box over his head while stealing phones from a technology repair shop in the early hours of the morning. The burglar smashed his way into the store around 4 a.m., had his head covered with a cardboard box so that his, his face could not be captured on security video, right? So this was his disguise. He didn't wear a mask or anything like that. He put a box, cardboard box, over his head. Uh, apparently... Uh, he didn't think that having a box on his head would make it hard to find the stuff that he was there to steal. So he took off the box just briefly to get a better view of what he wanted to steal. But that split second decision led to the man's downfall because he was soon identified and uh, arrested for stealing 19 cell phones and $8,000 in cash. He said, but I only had it off for a second. Apparently not thinking that they could freeze frame the security video. Oh, where did my plan go wrong? And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this you might have heard apparently uh, over the weekend, uh, there was a uh, social media frenzy emerged when reports started circulating that the nation of Sweden uh, had become the first country to officially uh, designate sex as a sport. This was... Did you hear about this? Apparently, this was making the rounds over the weekend that the nation of Sweden had declared sex as a sport. So the story, the real story is, turns out the the whole thing was fake news. Um, But the uh, story dates back to some old articles that had resurfaced about a an actual proposal that was pitched to the national sport confederation of sweden uh back last year i guess earlier this year or last year some months ago somebody actually did propose uh adding sex to the country's list of official sports the application was created by the swedish federation of sex (laughs) which i didn't know there was such a thing but it was ultimately denied Uh, However, the applicants still remain outspoken that sex should be considered as much of a sport, they say, as any other physical activity. Which, I guess when you think about it, is kind of hard to argue with. You know what I mean? That's... I do understand their point. There is... There's a lot of physical exertion that goes along with that. So I guess you could, on some level, call it a sport. But there you go. It is not officially a sport in Sweden or anywhere else. There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report and update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music. But it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. What is the most common uh, 
everyday mistake that you have, uh, the most embarrassing common everyday mistake uh, that you have uh, that you have ever made or that you typically make. Uh, many of us have done more than one of these. A uh, new survey of 2,000 adults uh, finds that the most frequent embarrassing moments, the most embarrassing blunders that people will make, uh, number one, accidentally and mistakenly sending a text message to the wrong person. And that's something that, you know, a generation ago you didn't have to worry about. But in today's modern society, yeah, sending a text to the wrong person uh, is uh, one of the most uh, embarrassing common mishaps. Uh, After that, confusing a stranger for an acquaintance. (laughs) Have you ever done that? Uh, gone up to somebody and started a conversation and you, you bump into somebody in, in public and you start up a conversation that you realize that this is not who you thought it was. That's embarrassing. Uh, some of the other frequent blunders include laundry mishaps, um, laun- specifically laundry mishaps that result in shrunken clothes. <laughs> Again, we've all done it, right? Um, Forgetting a meal on a uh, on the stove. Now that can be dangerous, but uh, how about this? Preparing a meal for work, so you so you make your lunch for work and then you leave it at home. <laughs> you forget when you leave the house. Uh, let's see here. Uh, attempting to unlock a car in the parking lot that doesn't belong to you. <laughs> attempting to unlock somebody else's car. I I've done that all the time. Uh, go up to a car and try to get in and realize that, oh, this isn't my car. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Preparing a meal for work only to leave it at home. Forgetting to cancel an unused subscription uh, is a pretty common error uh, in in the poll. Um, and then a couple more. Uh, about 16% of those in the survey admitted they have forgotten about an event they had planned and failed to show up. Um, again, I think we've all probably done this. It says 16%. I, I think that number is maybe even a little higher. And 11% say they have dropped a book while reading in the bathtub. <laughs> that's one thing if it's a regular book. If that's an e-book, well, that can be uh, rather expensive. But uh, any, uh, in any event, dropping, dropping the phone... Uh, in the toilet. Uh, that's that's embarrassing along those same lines. Uh, this is a, a survey that was conducted by one poll found that the average adult encounters 84 mishaps a year like this, which is more than one a week on average. 31% confess to repeating the same mistake more than once. <laughs> So apparently we never learn. We do the same thing over and over again. But here's something that will make you feel a little bit better. 63% of those in the survey believe that innocent mistakes like this should be celebrated because they are a part of what makes us human. Into the month of June now. Time to talk about uh, what's happening at the Finley YMCA. Um, Among... The uh, things that I've got going on, not just through the month of June, but really through the entire summer, the Grill for Good. Uh, it's a summer campaign to support their Open Door Scholarship Program. 
Uh, Casey Brown is with us uh, from the uh, Finley uh, YMCA. Casey, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. Thanks for Stephanie me. Parsons is over here too, kind of the uh, strong, silent type. On the, uh, <laughs> That's right. So, um, before we get to Grill for Good, I guess the, the big thing when we talk about things happening uh, involving the Y uh, into the uh, summer months, the, the pool is open. So, yes, Riverside yeah. Pool had a great uh, Memorial Day launch. Um, uh, you would think. Beautiful. With, it was beautiful. <laughs> weather. Yeah. <laughs> it was a beautiful weekend. No question. Uh, so that is uh, every day, right? Yes, uh, every day. We're open Monday through Sunday. Okay. And uh, can people still buy uh, the uh, get the pool passes? I mean, you can get daily admission, but you can get the pool pass. Absolutely. Right? You just go to the downtown um, YMCA to purchase those. Okay. Or you can go online to purchase those, too. Right. Uh, a couple of other things that you're uh, highlighting uh since we're talking about the the pool uh, through the uh, summer months, again, not just the month of June, but through the summer, a couple of uh, drop-in classes at Riverside. Yeah, this is our new addition. Um, we will do uh, Zumba, and I think there is a Pilates that we'll be doing out at the Riverside Pool. And uh, so it is an Aqua Zumba. Yes. Uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, a little different. And uh, then it says land-water fusion drop-in classes as well. Absolutely. So, so those are geared specifically for Y members? Yes, Y members, we do have a okay. non-member rate that you can purchase. Same okay. thing, you could go to the downtown YMCA or any of our locations or register online. Okay, so if you're interested in those, uh, more details on uh, that uh, at the uh, at the website. So mention the uh, Grill for Good uh, campaign. Tell us more about this, uh, Casey. Yeah, absolutely. So the past couple of years, we've been doing the uh, Men Who Cook, and it's been a huge success for us, and mm. the community really rallies around it. Uh, so we want to take that this year and kind of switch it a little bit, do a little bit more community-based um, and take it instead of one day, one event, same people there all the time, which mm-hmm. is great, um, but trying to make it, bring it to your house, have a cookout at your house, invite your friends and kind of support our mission through that. Okay. Um, we thought maybe businesses could do it as a staff or client appreciation. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the Y staff is going to do it just to show, you know, like we live this mission every day and mm-hmm. we truly support it. Uh, so we're really hoping that the community rallies around it, and so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing this anyway, uh, right. probably, you know, grilling uh, and, and having people over and so on. So why not uh, expand that and, and make it a part of, a again, a greater good? Absolutely. So uh, so what is uh, what is involved in this? Yeah, so if you sign up, um, you get an apron, which... I told, I brought visuals, which doesn't help for the radio. (laughs) (laughs) But I can see it, and it's kind of cool. It's really cool. It is cool. Um, You get an apron, a sticker, uh, a table sign that you can put out that's got your own personal QR code, so people can donate straight to the QR code. Okay. Um, And the best part, we got Herdwell to generously donate. If you're part of this, there you get 10% off on meats from Herdwell. Oh, that's awesome, Um, because that's good stuff. It is good stuff. (laughs) So we were able to kind of keep community-based, and we want people to shop local and support local so you've got the uh, grill for good kit uh how do folks get that so you can sign up online uh there's a link on the finleywebsite.com i also put have put a bunch of flyers throughout downtown okay past couple days that has a qr code that they could search there mm-hmm. or they could email me at casey brown uh me casey brown at c brown at finleyymca.com and that goes again throughout the summer yes till so, labor day and so you can do this like multiple times Please do. <laughs> you don't have to just do do it once. You're going to be firing up the grill more than once. Yes. So uh, absolutely, you can do that throughout the uh, summer. And as we mentioned, this is a uh, this to support the Open Doors Scholarship Program. Talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so the Open Doors Scholarship Program is a program that uh, the WISE have done that we can don't turn anyone away that can't afford to come through our door. So mm -hmm. we let anyone, if you want to be here, we want you here. Um, so this helps support that kind of offset those prices. Um, and it's actually a very utilized program in our community, and we're grateful for the support we've had this far. How do uh, individuals or families who are interested in learning more about the scholarship program? Absolutely. You know, what's the same thing? We um, have applications at all of our branches that you can uh, stop in and fill out the application. Um, it takes about five business days to approve that, uh, or you can receive it online too. You can email uh, me or Casey. Um, and our email addresses are on the Finley YMCA website. As Casey mentioned, this is a well-utilized resource. It absolutely is. You know, it's people that um, we support, and we actually benefit from scholarshiping their memberships or mm -hmm. their programs. A lot of people participate in our camp program that get scholarships, so it's a well-utilized program. And it's not just uh, Y memberships and the Y programs, but also the uh, child care uh, as well. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. we do get scholarships through for our Child Development Center, too. You know, and, and we talk about this, sometimes it kind of gets lost in the, in the shuffle, and maybe we don't mention much about the uh, uh, child care uh, program, but you know, here again, how critical is that for so many people who this is how they are able to stay employed and feed their families and, you know, and so you on know, and so forth. we're seeing a major need for child development centers right now yeah. and uh, people utilizing them. Uh, we have expanded our reach to Corey Rawson. We'll be opening a new site in Corey Rawson. And there's some uh, fun things coming down the, the pipeline um, with the city schools, too. So not not ready to announce that, but be be looking out in the future yeah, be uh, on the lookout for that so stay tuned as stay they say tuned. Uh, stay tuned in the uh, in the business so uh, the uh, grill for good uh, campaign is going on uh, right now and again uh, get more information on the website right yes yep uh, oh and one other uh, thing to mention again because we're talking about things that are going on uh, this again is going on through the month of uh, June is the uh, a book drive uh, yes. downtown yep so we will actually have a day set aside for individuals to come in and we have um, people that have donated books that you can come in and um, get books for a discount price. Awesome. Yeah, and it will be at the downtown YMCA. Okay. Uh, again, more information about all of this stuff uh, at the uh, webpage at uh, FindlayYMCA.org. And we have that linked up at our webpage, too, at GoodMornings.net. Again, uh, Stephanie Parsons and Casey Brown at Findlay YMCA dropping by to uh, give us the uh, lowdown on what's happening in the month of June and beyond. Ladies, thanks very much. Oh, thank thank you. you so much. Thanks for having us. And with that, we finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media, sign up for a daily email newsletter, and more. Again, goodmornings.net is our little corner of the World Wide Web. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.